please be advised. The Kind of Movie Critics podcast may contain spoilers. This includes most of the movies you're going to want to see. This shit also contains profanity, so there's that. Enjoy. This is part two to the Black Klansman episode. And we're just going to jump straight into the conversation. I think that's exactly yeah. what he was trying to say. Was that like this this whole thing? Is it, they still out here running around with people still with cars? A, right. It's still like is like, and I think that was even just so. Just fast forwarding, even the last scene with him walk, or not the last scene, but when he walked into the uh, police department and he had his head up, you know, his swagger was different, and he was like, "Oh, your minute of fame." He's like, "I think that's an hour of fame." You know, I think that's pretty much what that scene is saying. Is that like, yo, th- this is like. This is victory, you know. To them, they felt like this is victory, but it's, it's like implied all the for a moment. Flags coming down, I'm like, that's cute, but right. fuck, is it actually accomplishing? But it's a, it's so it's these small things, it's these small bites for the big elephant, and I think it matters. Like even though it's not the, it's not, it still exists. I think it matters that things that these things happen to impact that, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, because out of that. Just look at the look at the police unit that he worked with, right? Mm-hmm. It was a very good sample size of like, you know, you had a completely racist cop, then you had, you know, uh, his chief who underst- seemed pretty fair. He seemed pretty fair, mm-hmm. but he he also understood the politics, you know, and he and he played on the side of, uh, you know, all that shit we just found out. You gotta, yeah, we can't do nothing with it, bro. Like tuck it. You know what I'm saying? So he he played his own part in it. And then, you know, you had your direct partners who were a little bit like, I take your back. You know, I consider you family. You're we're as police officers, we're considering ourselves family. You know, which is pretty much a direct adaptation of something that was said in the, the film. Wall is a guy that was like really out of line and Right. So there was a, a, very, a very good sample size. So, but they, they wanted to still protect him, which I thought was interesting. That was very interesting. And that was something that I'm glad they covered. Right. Like, you know, this whole Ron, Ron Stallworth, I don't know how much of this is directly true from his personal experience. I never read the book. I don't I never done my due diligence in the history on this guy. But, you know, seeing where he came from going to, you know, Kwame Ture or Stokely Carmichael's, um, how how it seemed like that that interaction sort of changed his consciousness. You think so? I think so. I think so. I think I think that's exactly what happened. I think I think up until that point, it wasn't a. It was kind of like a take it or leave it thing. Do you think he was conflicted about having to go get that that intel on black people? Because I felt like oh he yeah, was. He, I, yeah, I felt like he was. Yeah, and he I, was. I, and the reason I'm saying that is based on when they were interviewing him, mm-hmm. he did not seem to be um, shucking and driving and brown nosing for them. He just was like, I mean, he was answering the questions truthfully. I right. think he wanted the job, but I don't think he was a sellout at all. No, and no. so he was just like, I was raised the right way. He'd be like, well, how do you feel about this? I have de- I have several opinions. Like, it's not this or that for me. So I don't know. And when he said, like, um, I am for the liberation of black people. Right. And this is how I'm doing it through the police force. Like, I don't I don't necessarily think that that was never his, like, that that was a new goal. Like, I, that may have always been the goal. Um. No, I I think I th- I feel like something mutated within him there. I, maybe I, 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 I feel maybe. like you know because so you know listening to that that Stokely Carmichael speech. I mean, he was really it was black empowerment. You know, we're beautiful. You know, we're capable. And he started that way. Yeah, I who, loved it. Who you talking about, Stokely? Uh huh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and first of all, like from a from a. a a technical perspective. I really love what Spike did with that. With the faces. With the, oh man, because it was like we were seeing some very well lit, beautiful images of ourselves, and it was like, yo, like it's just reinforcing everything he was saying. You know, the, even the you know the, the the blending modes that he used to 
Like it was just it, it, that was some spot on editing, man. That was some spot on editing and intensive directed. You know what I'm saying? To like really who push a message. Who uh, um, uh, I know you know. Chase something. He did uh, the lemonade stuff for Beyonce. Knows how to like black people. Yeah, very much. But I mean, anybody, any DP that that Spike uses, they know how to deal with. They black have subjects. to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Period, man. I mean, starting from Ernest Dickerson, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like they, 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 he, I think he specifically looks for things like that. You know. He. I mean, why wouldn't he? Right. Yeah. Why wouldn't he? You he know. He has it, a he has a reason to. So why wouldn't he? Yeah. Right. And um. Oh yeah, Chase. Chase Canadian. Right. Funny, funny, uh, funny tidbit. This is me hitting the stun button. So for anybody who doesn't know, you know, you guys joke me about it. But yes, I do have a text messaging fucking relationship with Spike Lee that goes <laughs> on. So shout out to Spike. Like, you know, I know he's probably like, I'm tired as fucking kid. Now, what's funny is Corey was like, hey, we can say that Spike officially blew us off to do this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as we, though we're that important. Yeah, right, right. But I, I do keep it. I try to keep a dialogue going with. With, with Spike on text. So I'll I try to hit him up. Like, you meet your hero. Yeah, yeah, very much. But I, I know to him, it's probably like, I can always tell when it's too much because he won't text back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, the, some things I'll text him, he'll be like, okay, cool. He'll respond instantly. Some things I text him, he's like, all right, this motherfucker's too much. And I'm aware of that. You know what I'm saying? You, but You feel like you fanboying? A hundred percent. But uh, shit. It's You're a, a yo, fan. I'm a fucking fan. You know what I mean? And and, and that's just what it is. But, um, uh, you know, I, I hit him about it today. Because I saw it last night and told him that I thought it was amazing. And then I told him that, um, you know, and he had some good feedback. He was like, yo, glad you liked it, yada, 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 whatever the case. Um, I thought it was hilarious in that whole speech portion. Did y'all did y'all hear, like, the ADR that was going on? You kept hearing, like, boom, shakalaka. Yes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Shit, yeah. Spike's voice. I told I was like, yo, I was crying when I heard your voice in the ADR. And he was like, yeah, son, that was me. <laughs> He was like, yo, I did three in the back, back left. Like he was just Yeah, they it were. Down. They were like back right, back yeah, left, yeah, all he, in different like sections. He, he broke it down technically, like, you know, it's like quick technically. But um, I just thought that was dope. Like I felt like this particular film really like if y'all follow him on social media or just like listen to the stuff he says or even look at like the tagline to like 40 acres and a mule you know show enough you dig by any means necessary he's very in tune with like a certain period in black history you know then the 60s 70s sort of slang and i feel like this movie right that's when he grew up this movie really lends agency for him to really use all that old nigga slang (laughs) that old nigga slang that he be using and and like but but makes it very you know now it's like i have a little bit more perspective of 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 that you know the uh you know him using boom shakalaka they use show enough you dig a few times right on right on yeah all this stuff that he was saying so I, I i thought it was cool in in that particular manner um just coming just popping outside of the technical into who he is as a person um he's very in tune with this period in time in black history so skipping ahead again though so mm-hmm. like the easter eggs mm-hmm. in a spike film are like everything right everything so and then like because i've watched everything in my memories like i cannot remember calculus but i remember many many lines in many spike movies right so like when he he likes to like put a line in again so the first thing that i noticed was he was like you think you're hot shit just a cold fucking fart and i was like harvey Keitel said that yeah, shit yeah <laughs> I think and, he said, and, 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 and clock, not clockers, clockers. No, it I, I think it's clockers i think he, he says it to strike and, clock, and clockers yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Shit, yep. just a cold fucking just a fart, cold fucking fart. Yep. and then um 
I think, is it Adam Driver? He was like, you got it? And he's like, I got it. I'm going. And I was like, Mookie said that. Yeah, right, <laughs> so, right. But um, yeah, I, I live for the Easter eggs. And and like, obviously you wait for someone to say wake up, which we got twice in this movie. But the first time it happened, I looked at her. I was like, all we need is a dolly shot. And then, you know, the movie's complete. And it's funny because yeah. that was the last thing before the montage right. um, with like the live footage. Yeah, this was probably like the least heavy dolly shot Spike film. No, but but I was just saying, like, the movie's complete when you get the dolly shot. And I just thought it was interesting that, like, that was did, the last did shot. Did you notice the dolly shot? Like, it was dope. The quality seemed, it got, like, grainy to me. It was supposed to make you oh. feel something, I think. Yeah. I, I just noticed, like, the quality shifted it dramatically. Was, uh, in probably, like, darkly filter, lit. Yeah. It was just, I think yeah. it was just because it was. I don't in, know. In, I just, it just stood out to me. Not. Not to say that the quality went bad. It's right. just the quality shifted in a in an odd way, and I didn't know. I would say the texture right. shifted. The texture, go. right? Yeah, yeah. Right. I can agree there. That might have just been more of a lighting thing, though. But I, I don't know. Maybe it was intentional. I, but the, I start to like wait for the things that I know that are going to happen. It's like a Pixar movie. I'm like, where's the Pizza Planet truck? Right. So I'm or like, where's Stanley? Right. For the yeah, so yeah. so yeah. I I wait for those things. I wait for the baseball references. I wait for you know what I mean. Right. I wait for those things. And so when he gave us extra Easter eggs, I was like, I see, I see. Right. Was um when he when he saw the sign for you know police uh the police department and minorities encouraged to apply mm-hmm. is that a wink and nod to affirmative action? Or is that just? Uh, I don't know. We have to ask him. I just thought. I just thought that maybe. I thought it was interesting considering that I, I Colorado being a place that I visited, there are black people, but there's not like a huge population of black people. So like thinking about it that way, I'm like, there's relative to like the South, right? Mm -hmm. So um, like traveling out west. Last week, I was explaining to the person that I was with that, like, the more of the country I see, like, the more of people's perspectives I understand. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, black people live in the South. Mm-hmm. We live in the South, in the coast, in, like, major cities, and that's yeah, it. That's Once it. you get mm-hmm. outside of those places, yeah, middle like... middle America, we do not exist. We Well, and if we do, it's, like, not in the numbers, right? So, right. like, when I went to Colorado, I'm like, hey, like, little sprinkle of a black person over there. Right. I mean, they're obviously, like, black neighborhoods and, like, Denver and stuff, but I never thought of Colorado Springs as having, like, a significant black yeah. population, and I'm thinking that they probably don't. And so it's kind of like, it's not that many of y'all, and then y'all are here, like, stirring up our good Negroes and yeah. college folks, right? I think it's way more de facto, like, mm-hmm. when you start talking about those kind of places. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, highly populated in a certain place and then absolutely non-existent. Mm-hmm. outside of that specific place. Um, but if you don't travel around and look at the country, like, you don't even think about that. Yeah. And and it's kind of, I, I it makes me also understand, like, in from the perspective of the movie, it's like, we don't want you, I and mean, I've heard it said, he didn't say it this way, we don't want you riling up our good niggas. Right? <laughs> right. So, um, and it's the college kids, they're mostly probably, like, transplants or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but to think of, like, black people as a problem mm-hmm. makes sense to me when it's not that many of you. So like here, like it's a shit ton of black people. It's the South, right? Mm-hmm. Um, our perspective is more weighted like because there's more of us. Right. Whereas like when there's not that many of you, when you're yelling, you're just a problem. Right. Well, I think, you know, Charlottesville, mm-hmm. you know, for instance, you know what I'm saying? Um, I think might speak a little bit to what you're saying, you know, um, where it's just just in terms of the weight of the black population, mm-hmm. you know. Um, uh, so I, there's still so much. I mean, there's. 
I, I feel like I'm here. I, I feel like I'm doing too much leading on this conversation, man. Can you You're guys? The moderator. Jump in? I, <laughs> the I know, moderator. man, but like, well, yo, Martin, is how'd saying, you how'd you feel about this? Like, I wasn't a fan of it, but how'd you feel about the Charlottesville footage at the end? Oh man, I, I thought first of all, it made me it made me feel something. I cried. Yeah, it made me feel something. I think it was important. I think it was important to me. It was right. It was important to bring it for us to understand. Th- that they live. That yeah, and that, they and they're still powerful. Very much, you know what I'm saying, and that and that you know, the highest office and you know has their endorsement. Has their endorsement, you know, and, it, and knows it, and and like and panders, pl- and to, panders to that completely. Yeah. But I okay, I understand. Like that, it's very important to show, like make that make that uh, juxtaposition because of course it's like the the idea of the invisible empire. Like all these people are like teachers, police officers, mm-hmm. bankers, and they're all holding tiki torches and spitting white power and stuff like right. that. Like that's a very important um, comparison to make. But as far as like servicing like this adaptation, servicing this man's story, I don't, I didn't really feel good about it. Because I, I, I wish, okay, like, the Charleston footage, I wish that is something like that. You watch the movie, you go home. Yeah, I oh, mean my Charlottesville. Bad. My, my bad. bad. Yeah, Charleston Charlottesville. Is where those other people died. Oh yeah, but Charlottesville, right? So I wish that's something like you. You go home with whoever you were, your significant other, or something like that. You're driving in the car and you're just starting to think like, "Wow, this is really relevant to Charlottesville," rather than me seeing it on the screen. Right. Well, well what, can I? Can I, say, yeah, I, I was gonna say the, the one issue that I think though is is that there's a lot of white people who look at events in Charlottesville who probably think that's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. And oh, so yeah. I think for once I endorse Spike's bang you over the head with yeah. it because you've just watched two hours of yeah. something and now you're seeing immediately something it's and real. you realize it's that real. it not, and not much has changed. Right. So, okay, so. If, if okay, if we, because I know there was, this, uh, there was this criticism of Detroit, right? If we watch Detroit, right, and afterwards they show like Oscar Grant and Eric Garner, like all these guys getting shot afterwards. Like, how do you think that would affect that film? Mm, I, I think it, the same way. I think it's relevant. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's mean, relevant it, to the subject. And 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 Corey, to your point, I don't even think that that was necessarily in service to white people. I think mm-hmm. that a lot of people, American uh, people, people yeah, yeah. think of the. I mean, I'm not correcting you, yeah, but yeah. I think a yeah. lot of American people think of the Klan as something that existed in in you know in the, in the 18s. old days. Yeah, and, yeah, in the old days, and it's not still a thing. And like, why are you worried about that? It's not really real. They're not yeah, really yeah. powerful. So, what what I was experiencing sitting there that just like really overwhelmed me was that. I had not ever seen the raw footage yes. of that of the car. Uh, of the car. Oh, right. I, I had that, seen yeah. footage of the car. I had seen stills of the people's bodies flying, right. and, and I had seen um, like news coverage of it where it was very edited. Right. But like just to watch the whole thing, it was just. And those are, and it's not. I know it's not fake, and they're real right. people. And like this woman died, and it's just mm-hmm. kind of like this is this is a serious thing. We've been entertained by this person's story, but like this has real consequences for real you consequences. now. Yeah. And and I think and, what's important, even though it's obviously, you know, this is I don't think he's exposing this because this is just history of what happened. But like to me, you know, the rest in peace was for a young white lady. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Like a one a, a, a white woman died. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's, you know, 
what what that's letting us know is that like this is everybody's problem. This is everybody's problem. This is just not a black and white thing. Like this is not, or not like you know that's not what this film is about. Like this hate hate bubbles and spews you know in 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 a way that you can't really contain it. You know, and once it's gotten to that point, that's when people really want to start acting like something is. You know, like that's when people want to pay attention to it. You know, when they start realizing this shit can affect mm-hmm. in my home. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same thing that happened to crack. You know, or you know, heroin, yeah, heroin, and all that stuff. It's like, yo, it was contained in a certain thing. It was perceived to be this kind of problem, and then it spilled out, and it's like, oh shit. You know, the, the, the we're trying to pick up the feathers from the fucking, uh, you know, the feathers from the pillow now, and it's it's too late. You know, so there has to be an acknowledgement of that. But I, I'll I mean, say, I think I like the KKK and like racist white people have been murdering like white allies for like decades. Like this is it's true. not, it's that not something they've thing. been exempt from until like Charlotte. I mean, they reference right. Kennedy and right. Well, we, have like foot, we have footage, footage, of it. footage, right. and yeah. it's it's real. Like you know, Kennedy being killed, mm-hmm. um, and I mean Bobby, like. Yeah. Bobby Kennedy being killed is something that you can see photos of, right? Right. Um, and shit, Ken, uh, I must say, JFK. Well, JFK. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole they, video. They killed Bobby because of a yeah. different reason, though. But oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, in my opinion, well, we don't know why they. Ki- we well, don't know who, why, or why they killed John F. Kennedy. Right, they, but know, so. but I mean, we don't know why. But Bobby was very like involved in like equality and bringing people together and right. in like the civil rights movement. We know that, and so like in my mind, he was an ally at a certain point. At a certain point, he was not, but at right. a certain point, he was. And so like that's why I feel he feel like he was killed. Um, I, I could totally be wrong about that. But what I'm saying is people, people, you know, I, Martin Sheen was so affected by that, like through his entire career, like, right. That, right. you know, he had, he wanted to make a film about it. Not, not Martin Sheen, Emilio Estevez. Emilio Estevez directed it, but Martin oh, Sheen. Martin Sheen wanted to do it? Oh, okay. I believe so. I You're remember. talking about Bobby, right? The movie yes. Bobby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, it, I remember him talking about it. Okay. So, like... People and like I can ask my mom like how did this make you feel for this white ally to die like that's a thing but I think that we it's completely different because again like that's something that happened before I was born it's not something I experienced and I think it's like I think it's important to have those things like to say like this is still you this is your life well well to speak just to kind of well I I don't know if I agree with you there with Bobby Kennedy because number one the guy who killed Bobby Kennedy or they say who killed him um, he's incarcerated. Like Sirhan Sirhan, mm-hmm. or was, is that his name, Sirhan Sirhan, or something like that? So I think there's a little bit more closure that this was a person, right? It's kind of like the Reagan guy, the guy who tried to kill, you know, uh, Bobby. What's I don't know, fuck his name, but um, uh, <laughs> the guy that shot Reagan, yeah, Hank Hinkley or I don't whatever. Know. Yeah, yeah. So it's I, kinda, I honestly like didn't care about it as much. I know that's fucked up, but I just didn't. It's right, not as interesting to me. But these are carried out by individuals. Right, individuals that you know, oh, fuck this person. I'm going to do this by any means necessary, whatever the case may be. Well, that's the story that we're told. Yeah. That's the story that we're told. Whereas, like John F. Kennedy, we have no Not, fucking yeah, clue. Yeah, he just did. We have no, you know, what this be was it? You know, we have no fucking clue. So that's but the I, only thing I'll disprove say about that. Well, well, okay, that's fair. But what I will say is this though, like to say that people uh, of that generation like witness the death of white allyship is a real thing, but mm-hmm. it's like your access to just being oh, able to yes. go. Is different. Heather Hires, you can I can yeah. pull up Heather Hires' death right now, probably on YouTube. Like right. I can pull it up. So I'll I'll say this. I'll give you a more practical reason why I think that existed, Martin. Looking at the timeline, I think when when Charlottesville happened in August 2017, I'm pretty sure he was in 
or close to post-production of the film, right? And then we remember, when did we go see Spike at in Charlottesville? That was yeah. November, right? It was cold. So it was like November, December. I think it was November it was like 2017. like really cold standing out there. <laughs> Do you remember like his, he had, he was, this is why I really like that scene. Because we were there at Charlottesville when he made that appearance for that film festival. Mm-hmm. And he was, everything, how he felt about this Charlottesville situation, we saw in this movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he really expressed disdain on a whole nother level of like, yo, this shit should not be happening in this time. Like, this is fucking disgusting, you know, and I know exactly where I'm at. I'm in Charlottesville saying exactly how the fuck I feel to let y'all know, like, I'm the last person that's going to run from it. You know what I'm saying? And I think that, and I'm pretty sure that opportunity came to him after Charlottesville, um, after the Charlottesville incident itself, that opportunity came for that film festival. I'm pretty sure of that. Um, but I, I think I think it was a little bit more practical than I, I think it was one of those things that happened. I hate to say at the right time because it's not, there's nothing right about Just everything aligned. Everything aligned perfectly. He was making a movie about somebody infiltrating the Ku Klux Klan. It, it was obviously a tone to what was happening in America already, and then an incident happened when you were in post-production for this particular film. And I think it just made sense to like, yo. To include it. And I think that's like one of those like, you know, you have like your 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 old black uncle that shakes his finger like at you and he's like, you see, I told you, yeah. I told you, you see? Like not he, saying that Spike is that guy, yeah, but yeah. that's what it made me feel in addition to being like overwhelmed. And he released the movie on the anniversary, one day before the anniversary. One the anniversary but he, was he Saturday. dedicated that to her and then like, even though I didn't realize until I saw the movie that those scenes were even included, mm-hmm. he was he was saying rest in power to her on the internet. Very like, much so. Yeah. So I, I think it was just one of those things. I you know I think it's truly out of respect. Out of respect. But I, I was gonna say the piggyback on it, I mean, I had mentioned it off the mic. A lot of the movie, even though it takes place in the seventies and there's references, there's very few time references. Mm-hmm. The movie is, to me, it, it's not ambiguous because of the, the clothing, the, clothing, the, yeah, the cars, things, the but the they record. don't mention the year, really. Right. They don't mention the time frame. And I, that's very much, I, I interpret it as done on purpose. Yeah, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm rolling with you on that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, you know, I think, it, I, I think it does help for it to be just less, ambi- you know, more ambiguous in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't lose sight of this. We can watch this 20 years from now and still have you know get the same context from it as as we do today, um, but that, that's surprising that that bothered you, Martin. Uh, yeah, it just to me it's like anything that um, anything that like takes away from like a straightforward adaptation that takes away from a straightforward like streamlined piece of art is like gonna kind of bother me. So you feel like it was co opting? Uh, what do you like? How do you mean? Like that he like hijacked the story to like and then made a different point like now that I have your attention I, I, I get, no, I, my disgruntledness with Spike in the past has been similar to yours like it breaks up the movie the movie itself I, the structure I felt that way watching yeah. Miracle at St. Anna yeah. with the scene with the eye slops I'm like yeah. we don't need to be doing this right now yeah and, and, and I, I think <laughs> and I guess everybody has well apparently um I didn't, but my, everyone has the right to interpret his, <laughs> his his isms in a different way. And, you know, sometimes, and, and I'm guilty of it. Even sometimes I go, that's cool. I get it. Uh, Charlottesville footage, it all makes sense to me. 
for Martin, it doesn't, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I talked about how I didn't care for the scene where he talked. It was blatantly about Donald Trump, mm-hmm. where they were walking down the stairs into, like, a basement of a police station, and the conversation was blatantly about Donald Trump. It had nothing to do with the structure of the film. See, I disagree. When they were having that conversation, I think that he was saying that, like, we're dealing with a different kind of clan. Right. And this is the way that they operate now. I get it. But it was so, it was, it was, it was very much spoon fed and banged over your head. It it was, but, but that's why I was saying about Walter and and Felix. Mm -hmm. Like, Felix was really about the old ways of the clan. Mm -hmm. And Walter was like, wanting to move move away from that. And then almost looking down on him, like, Mm -hmm. Why are you still with that bullshit? Like, this is what we're doing now to be effective. It's more, I, I, I don't know if I can speak for Mars. Sometimes my problem with Spike has been, it's just the structure, the style. It's heavy-handed. It's heavy-handed. And it sometimes, it feels out of place. When you're you're watching a movie engaging with characters, and sometimes you don't know, they, he breaks the fourth wall, people are sliding around on invisible dollies, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and and you know this is a style choice, and you know, but and, and it, it's for some people's viewing experience, mine included, it, it's jarring and it's it, it takes you away from watching the narrative. Well, well, I, well, well, okay, my problem, I, maybe it's just me kind of being petty, but my problem with that scene is like I had already seen a version of that like on SNL with Chappelle like right after Donald Trump won. So I was like, yo, you're kind of recycling like an idea, recycling a joke like years later. Mm-hmm. And it's like it kind of... I just don't like seeing the same thing twice and being able to say, "Yo, somebody already like did that." Oh, what that are, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, he had he had the um, whole thing, the sketch with like Chris Rock and it was, like, oh, the when white they were talking about the election and like the white people, like, "Lo, how could somebody so racist and and him and Chris Rock are just chilling on the couch, like, yeah, of course you guys are like." They didn't say naive, but that was like the idea, right? It was like I had kind of seen that before, so I was kind of, but I I think it was Ness. I think it's necessary for some people. Like I think with Spike, it's always like the message is more important than like creating like something that lives strong, like a strong film in a sense. It's like the message is always more you important. You felt like it than, was too direct. He yeah, wanted yeah, to say I what think he wanted it was to say too more direct, but I think some to. people That's absolutely need said to hear it. Yeah. On the three part saga roast <laughs> of Corey, I said that. I was like, the message becomes more important than. Telling the story. Than telling a story, which I get, and that's not a bad idea, but like sometimes- That's what you didn't like about Boots Riley, too. Who? Boots Riley? For um, Sorry to Bother You. Some parts of it, yeah. 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 I mean, mean, but I think that's consistent, though. I'm consistent. I think think Sorry to Bother You is consistent, though. But I think everybody was a little odded out by Sorry to Bother You. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, but I mean, in the same vein, like, I, I get what you're saying, like- I'm gonna take this opportunity to say this thing. Yeah, well, it's I mean that's like, how I felt, and, and it's she's like, gotta have it. It's like if a kid is drawing like, like has a drawing, right? Like a coloring book, and they're coloring inside the lines. Then they're like, you know, I'm gonna decide to like go outside the lines real quick, just just because I want to. It's very jarring. Yeah, to it's it. like. No, you could just color inside the lines. It look way better. Like, what are you doing? Well, you know what? Kind of control their art. If, if I get fried again, at least I, there is on record that someone else. <laughs> said the same thing I, I said. I said it too. I know. I, I said I, that there was there were message there was messaging. I didn't experience that with this film. I didn't. I 
even though I feel like things were on the nose, I didn't feel like they were super heavy handed and I did not feel banged in the head. I mean, yeah, the only part to me was like that scene, like Blue Wall of Silence. Um, there was maybe another part or something. I didn't like, like how the, the, the racist officer got his comeuppance in the end because in real life nah, that wouldn't have happened. So I, I, I'm we curious if I, that was actually no, real. I interpreted that as, you know how like horror movies, they tend to like, sometimes when the, when, the villain is destroyed. There's like this happy moment where they're all, and everything seems so expedited. They're like, oh, we won. Let's go back to our regular lives. And then like the Jason busts through the door again at the end. Mm -hmm. That's how I interpreted the way they did that ending. Uh, it was like everything was peachy keen. Everything was happy. And then the guy got arrested and all that. And then it was like, boom. No, it was, well, well, it was way so, too tidy for me. To me, well, but that's was, what I mean. I, it's one of the, I actually think that was done on purpose. It was done to make so you. So to like have you on the uptick and then they'll like kick you in the stomach and be like, no, but yeah. Heather Heyer's dead. Yeah, because I kind of saw it coming. I was like, this is too happy. This is too tidy. Well, you know, what, what I think it was, it was like, I think it was like jo part of Jordan Peele and like the get out effect where it's like mm -hmm. he had an original ending for get out that was very like down and it's like. He's in jail and his homeboy visits him and he's just going to spend the rest of his life in jail. And like the audiences like hated it because they watched this great movie and they feel terrible. Like it's after. Realistic mm. shit though. So yeah. So he like switched it up and made a better ending. And I think that I, I don't know. I could be complete, completely wrong or whatever. But I think the movie ended when it's like you got to throw away everything and we're just going to get this last joke on the phone or whatever. And then they just added something else to make it a bit better. I can see that. Yeah, I, I I could see that. Um, well, I just thought it contributed to the narrative of like we think we've won, you know. That but we, we really we haven't. really haven't. I, and you I know? don't disagree with that either. Yeah, like you know, one officer got in trouble, you know, cool. But at the end, nothing's changed. We still have the same problem. Yeah. yeah. I, so, I, um, I I felt like <laughs> the climax to the resolution was like that. You know, the whole planting of the bomb. Car explosion, then I was kind of happy he, they blew up. Oh yeah, very much. <laughs> but but just the resolution to that, to him walking into the office, you know, head high, like the whole climax, the resolution to me was all too fast. You feel did like you, did you, in the second Were you out of the room when I compared it to like a horror movie? Were you in the room yet? Um, no. I I guess I caught the tail end of it. I was comparing it to like horror movies do that. Yeah. Where like you know they kill the villain and then they go off and they expedite this kind yeah, of happy yeah. go lucky right. thing and then Jason busts the door. Right. Yeah, yeah. I was there like, for that one. Okay. Um. Okay. So when you put it in that context, I I, I heard it, but I didn't really tie it in. You're it absolutely was to the right. It was so tidy to me that I was like, we're teetering on abstract now. Yeah, like we're 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 going. This is too too much. Gotcha. Like I and I, it registered in my brain. Something else is going to happen here. Right. So okay. Um, the whole speaking white aura, aura you that was that was funny to me. It was funny because it's true. Yeah, I remember being a little girl, mm -hmm. about four years old in preschool, and our teachers correcting us so that we did not pronounce R that way. Right. And like. Vividly, it's stuck in my mind for the rest of my life, and I notice when other people do it. Mm. And I, I, never I, I never thought of it as a black thing. Yeah, but I've never even noticed it to be honest. Like I've had people will like when they're spelling Ara, mm -hmm. like you know what I mean, like yeah. And th that's like with R Kelly, that's why people call him Ara Kelly. Like I've never heard anybody say yeah, Ara Kelly. Ara <laughs> Kelly. I definitely have. <laughs> so, um, but, but obviously, I mean, I you know, in in addition to that, obviously the whole 
movie didn't feel somewhat. like he was code switching though, even though he said that he was. And I mean, like that to me, I'm gonna put that on John David Washington. So right. I, I don't know that it was necessarily purposeful because it was. I guess because I've seen him on Ballers, and I know that that's like not his normal way of of speaking, like the cadence of his voice or mm. like how he would even like approach syntax or anything like that, right? Right. So because I've seen him speak normally, like in his regular, like everyday voice, to hear him do this character, like I could see like there was obvious, there's obvious like work being put into that. But then like, I didn't think of it as a code switch because when he was in the scenes where it was just him and other black people, he was still talking like that. Right. I was like, oh, that's just how you talk. That's how he talks, yeah. How, side note, how did you guys feel like he did performance-wise on this? They did a good job. Yeah, they did a very good job. I, I, I couldn't shake Denzel. Like, I mean, it's his son. Right, and there, and but, like, this is the funny thing. I didn't, when I first started watching Ballers, I didn't realize that was his son. And then someone told me and I began to see him. Yeah. So I'm curious if like, you know, if he pulled like a Nicolas Cage and changed his name and nobody knew that he was a Coppola, like, right, right, <laughs> would we right. still do the comparison? Now, I do agree that he sounds like this. That's son. what I mean. He like the sound. And then with so much of the film, like hung up on him talking to this guy on the phone, it was like, it was hard for me to shake. Denzel, I don't like his performance wasn't Denzel esque. You know, I think there was a part he did say, "My man," when mm-hmm. he does when my man. <laughs> my man. You know, I was like, "Oh my god!" But um, outside of that, I didn't like feel like I was watching Denzel. But I definitely, it definitely sounded like I was watching Denzel. Um, yeah, they have very similar voices. Dri- yeah. Driver really impressed me too. Yeah, Adam. I've Driver. never yeah. not been impressed. I don't, I don't have a good knowledge of his stuff. I started um, watching him on Girls. Lena mm-hmm. Dunham's a sicko, but I, I, I was it. telling Treasy, I I wish they had kept going with um. The scene where he says that he can't stop thinking about how Jewish he is. Yeah, I wish they kept they had had some I, resolution to that. I they like, kind of left him hanging after that. I loved that. Yeah, I and in terms of messaging, I think that more than him saying like I'm aware that I'm Jewish, it was kind of like him saying like Yo, this is my problem too. Yeah, and yeah. I never thought of it as being my problem, but now it's all I can think about. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a good scene. It's a good Very scene. He, he did well. He, was, he's a good actor. He is. He's amazing. Yeah. It's Kylo Ren. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was that was really dope. That that scene where he was like, let, like Jews do something weird to their dick. Let me see your dick, Bruh. That was so strange because I was like, he was like, are you whatever he said? Like he didn't say circumcised, but he said circumstantial. So, yeah, or something <laughs> like that. And I'm thinking like, were were most men not circumcised in the United States? At that point, I'm thinking they were. So, like, for him to I be like, I will not consult Google, nor do I have knowledge of. of I'm just of thinking about it's, like it's, like it's like a standard thing that people do yeah. now. Maybe. Maybe I haven't seen a lot of other penises to know. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I, I, I've seen more penises than you. I would. Uh, I've yes. never. I've never encountered so one. Please tell us. Yes. <laughs> I've never. I've never. And that's actually a fear of mine, which is really bad. But whatever. It's With not, schmegma. It's, no, I don't. Looks like a I'm sock. so scared. Looks like a... This is personal, but like I've like that's me being like, "Hey, not dating you because I'm scared you have an anteater." But right. um, oh, wow. and it would freak me out. But wow. like, yeah, everyone I've encountered has been right. yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, Clean it's cut. just kind of they go they yes. So there's kind of it's like a thing like your son's born like you want to circumcise yeah we'll do it. Yeah. But like I mean I'm sure there are people who aren't like shout out to Omarion until he did it when he was a grown man. But Omarion who the singer. Oh really? Yeah, okay. it was a thing. So interesting. <laughs> um, but that being said, like, I'm very curious if it was like not as common. 
I would imagine that he did his due diligence and like research. So, ears. like everyone gets their ears pierced now. Uh, yeah, well, if it's commonplace now, popular, right? Yeah, I, I, I mean, if it's in there, I'm assuming that it was in there for a reason, and it was said for a reason. I don't think that it's. A, I don't think that it was out of place. I just was thinking like. Were white people not getting circumcised during that time? Like, what did I miss? Right. When did we start doing that? <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, yeah. One, I haven't seen a lot of penises outside of my own. And you watch porn. Shut I, up. But. And two, I, yeah, <laughs> I've seen uncircumcised penises in porn. So that's not a really a good. You I know, don't watch a lot of porn, to be fair. Okay. No, I don't watch porn. Either. That is kind of interesting. The idea that like during the KKK that time? would be like anti-circumcised. Decision. Mm-hmm. Like they, they would be. Like, oh, no, I'm everybody curious, else like, in the town thing? is like, let's Could circumcise. Be. They'd be the only ones who'd be like, nah, nah, I'm not doing that Jew stuff. Right. <laughs> in all fairness, we should have had a Klansman on the on the today's episode. <laughs> yeah. On today's episode, I wonder if like Klansmen are like circumcised now. You know. I, that's something I, I can go the, the rest of life and not care. Like, y'all walking around with, with fucking armadillos like, what's going on? Yeah, <laughs> right, right. That's funny. Armadillos? Really? Aardvark, whatever. Aardvark. Wow, uh, wow. So, um, you know, the perception of, of, of black people, I, I, I feel like that goes into the theme of integration. Mm-hmm. So, you know, speaking white, they mentioned CP time a few times. He was late. <laughs> he was late to his very first assignment. You know what, uh, CP time? And yeah. I was like, oh, you racist fucker. But um, we do be late, though. You know what? You know what? I never what correlation I never made, um, because there was like, so one of the best actors to me on this jump was the dumb white dude, the dumb fat white I've dude. I've seen him in something. Yeah, he before. was in uh the what movie was that with the the ice skating movie? Oh, he was uh, in I Tanya. I cannot think of where yeah. the fuck yeah, I saw him before. Yeah, Itania. that was him. Yo, I'm not gonna lie. I I really enjoyed his performance on this man. His character. I enjoyed him in that too. Yeah, yeah. he kind of played the same stupid person, but he's way dumber yeah. in this movie. Way dumber. But he said, um, um, was it him that said it when they made it made reference to Uncle Ben and Aunt Jemima? He's oh, like, yeah. I like them too, nigga. Yo, I never even thought about uncle and aunt. You know what I'm saying? Like, was is that a thing that they had to do to make black people more like well, I, uh, palatable I mean, for white uh, people? I don't know about them making them more palatable. If you look at older images, especially of Aunt Jemima, because I distinctly remember when they changed what she looked like on the pancake box. Aunt mm-hmm. Jemima was a mammy. Right. So but putting, I don't think that that was about making them palatable. I just think that that was the logo. And as a black woman, like that was her position. She was a mammy. But but what and I'm Uncle saying. Uncle Ben's but, a waiter, like a Right, servant. but aunt and uncle, like, like you're not the aunt to these white people. You understand what I'm saying? Like. Uh, d- She's a term, mammy. Is that what they call them? Aunt, aunt lady? Possibly. Aunt? See There's, that. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, I, I just want to like. For it to be in two so brands. I'm thinking about like Aunt Sarah's pancake house, like po- possibly. I don't think they would call them Mammy, like. Um, but not Aunt. That's not your mom uncle. either, though. But what I'm saying is like you have a mother, right? Right. Like let's say you live in the big house and the Mammy takes care of you, and her right. name is Dot. You call her Mammy Dot, like that's right. her position in your family. She's your Mammy, so I don't think it's weird for them to refer to them as aunt, uncle. I don't. I don't know that that wasn't a thing. No, no, no. That's that. All I'm saying is I didn't know that was a thing. That's all I'm saying. I'm not I'm, saying I, it is, but I think that it might have been. It well, it's 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 just making me think it is a thing. Uncle Ben, Aunt Jemima. Like I feel like you know, there's some people I could ask. Right, because I that, that'd be interesting to know. I thought it was. It kind of reminded me a lot of that uh, scene in Do the Right Thing mm-hmm. when uh. I forgot the character's name, but it's uh, John Totoro's character. Mm-hmm. Pino. He's t- well, yeah, he's talking about like how he's this—he's this racist like 
pizza employee or whatever. But he's talking about how all the black people he loves. I felt like that was an Easter egg too. Like, yeah, I felt like that that had to be because it was two scenes like that. There was the scene with um him talking about Aunt Jemima and uh, Uncle Ben and Sammy uh, Davis. Yeah, and he and also uh, I guess. Adam Driver and the other guy talk about like OJ and all <laughs> that, the was that was funny. That was one yeah. of the funniest things. He said OJ the theater erupted. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. I it, saw it. that it's only funny cool. looking backwards, obviously, but you know. Um, um, hmm. So, all right. So the perception of black people. Uh, it, so go. You know, they were talking about you know niggas everywhere. Niggas selling this. Niggas on TV. So obviously, their white supremacy is attached to. The limited supply of white folks, you know, with with that black people coming. Being taken. Yeah, I promise you, I see us doing the same thing to gay people. Yeah, well, I gotta well, look at gays on TV all the damn time. You know how many times I've heard that? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to look at that shit. Yeah, that's pretty. I'm much sorry, like y'all. I know you're getting mad at me, but like, think about it. That's the common response to it. Corey's in his "I'm ready to go" pose. But <laughs> no, we, no. Um, a lot of people don't know the chairs in this uh, podcast room are very uncomfortable. Are Mine they? isn't. And it's just yours. Uh, I I got about an hour and a half, two hours before I start to like get antsy and borderline stand up in the middle of the. Gotcha. Well, you have the microphone that can stand up. I know that's the funny part. So I'm, I'm fine. Okay, you're I'm good. Here. All right, because we still got a lot to go on this. Out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. So all right. So that that was it for me in terms of like the whole integration theme. Obviously, there's more, but those are the things that stuck out. Anybody else want to touch on integration before I get into this white power versus black power? Okay. Um, so, uh, the misogynistic, I really want to talk about the misogynistic, the, the misogyny messages that were in this film. Cause I, the, for, so for Connie, who was Felix's wife, was it Felix? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't interpret that necessarily as a message about misogyny, but yes and yes and no, I didn't, but say what you're going to say and oh, then I'll tell you. Well, it, it, to me, it. So now it made me it's making me look at misogynistic misogyny as a European thing. You know what I'm saying? Like to some degree. Like like no no no. What I'm saying is I don't think I think it's a problem, but I think it's like a I think this devaluing you are, of you what, are venturing in a hotep territory. Go for really? it. Really? <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, I, 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 like I'm not trying to do that. I know. I'm just but, telling you that's what's happening. But so You're right at the door, like hey. Yeah yeah. yeah. Well, like like. So they they showed us right the, the the for the white you know the white supremacist uh, you know his wife was you know bring us some fucking chips and and uh, cheese and get the fuck out of here I call you when I need you you know what I'm saying whereas like and she couldn't wait for him to fucking need her exactly whereas like in the black community um you know we see you know Patrice's character and she's the president of the you know, of the the black student union and, you know, she, you know, the, like the like the black women are asserting themselves so I think that into that the revolution. So I think that was commentary on the election. Okay. Talk to me because I'm, I'm dumb here. Over 50% of white women uh-huh. voted for Trump, right? Oh, this election. Gotcha. This election. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, yeah, yeah I said yeah. his name. I don't like to see his name. Um, for 45. So, <laughs> right. so I feel like Candyman is going to come. So... <laughs> That's funny. So, so um, that that's like been a recurring theme of like, you know, there was the women's movement and people were like walking around with vagina hats and it's like, no, but you put this bigot in office, right? Mm-hmm. So I think like at the same time where she is being marginalized 
by white men. As a white woman, mm-hmm. she still could not. She's still riding. For she's it. still riding for it. Yeah. Whereas, um, in reality, in terms of who is leading the charge for Black revolution, most of the people that you see mm-hmm. are Black women. Right. So I think that that's like it's a it's a social commentary. I think it's more about what is actually occurring in these situations on on these sides of the fence, mm-hmm. if you will, then it was about like misogyny and patriarchy being a European concept. Cause I can as soon as we finish this, I can show you some shit. Shout out to TK. He per he posted something and I was like, you just sent up the hotel bat signal. Oh to uh, TK Kirkland? Yeah. Okay, so, interesting. So but but I that's how I interpret it. I'm not saying you're wrong, yeah, but like yeah. that's the way that's what I saw. I think that that was like very clearly a message about the election and about like black right. revolution right. Being, so, being like something that we are really on the forefront of. I, I don't I don't have enough historical context to say whether or not what I'm saying makes it's true. I'm just saying, you know, in reference to the movie, I felt like that was a, I felt like everything was like, was, you know, was a juxtaposition. Like I'm not going to tell you, you didn't see what you side. saw though, because that's right. your brain. You that's how it looks on this side. Well, this, as, she, he got upset when she tried to hand out the the information too. Who, yeah. When she who? tried to assert herself in their yeah, revolution, yeah. he was like, sit your ass down. And she had done her research and she was ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And he yeah. was still like, sit your ass yeah, down. Yeah, sit your ass down. Which is you. very interesting too, right? Mm-hmm. Because this is how I experienced being a black woman. Mm-hmm. You call me woke, whatever. Because mm-hmm. I don't think of myself as an activist. Mm-hmm. But in support of activism, right? Mm-hmm. So the black woman brought Stokely Carmichael there. Right. She's like, I'm here. This is my platform. I'm gonna, sh- I'm going to, you know, bring awareness. It doesn't matter that the message is coming from a man. Like, I'm not trying to elevate myself over him. Like, mm-hmm. I'm in this position of power. I see us as equals. Right. Um, whereas on the other side of the fence, when she tried to assert herself, even though she was extremely useful in the information she was providing for their cause, they were like, No, sit down. You don't have a place here. Go, go feed us. And then carry your ass like mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Oh, I thought that was interesting. That's how I. That's how I experience. That's how I experience um, activism. That's how I perceive it a lot. And and you know, tap a hotel. They'll tell you that it's you know uh, to emasculate black men that they have so many black women in the forefront. But I don't necessarily see that as a case. I see. Black women fighting for and uplifting black men too. Yeah, well, see that to me, that's the funny part is that like I've never, I never saw it as it's 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 hard for me to understand, not understand. It's hard for me, yeah, it is to understand the um how much resistance that you guys deal with, right? And the reason Thank you for why coming back out of hotel tours, sorry, well, welcome back. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, because I don't, I don't think that they, I don't think. I don't think that you guys don't deal with it. Uh, what I'm saying is that, to like, degree that we do to the well, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm. So that's kind of what I was saying is that, like, I'm not my oh shit. I can't even fucking talk. But my observance of that wasn't to say black women are not marginalized. It wasn't that. It was just that, like, it, it was more so. Okay, black women are marginalized, right? And they're also marginalized when it comes to. Like we do some of these things, 
like black men do some of these things to black mm-hmm. women. But what I'm saying is, is that that was that may have been learned behavior. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, you back in hotel territory. Okay, so let me so let's so let's move walk out because I didn't even want to get back into that. Um, what I wanted to get into. Uh, what, I know what you're saying is that uh, that like I was raised by a black woman. Mm-hmm. I was raised. I got plenty of aunts. I have a grandmother. I have mad sisters. Like black women to me are. They they run my life all my life. I have a wife. That's I have a leadership. daughter. You know what that's I'm saying. Your leadership, so your help me. That's your that's your legacy. Right. I don't look at them as incapable. I, I'm your partner. But yeah, but by, <laughs> by no means. You see what I'm saying. I, so, I, so. I, I'm you're saying all the things that I'm thinking. Right. So why that would be your perspective? You don't look at women as incapable. I don't even think it's about black women. I think yeah. you don't look at women as Period. incapable. I don't. So um, it is surprising to me too, but I'm not gonna put that behavior on white people um, so squarely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that some things in Western society are definitely things that we have picked up because mm-hmm. that's the standard that is set for which we are supposed to, supposed to, I'm doing air quotes, okay. model ourselves after. We need to be more like that and less like our ancestors, right? Right. So I dig you, but I'm not gonna put that squarely on them. Fair, fair, and and, and again, I wasn't I in, I wasn't, enough. I w- I didn't live in Africa with our ancestors before they came over here to say that they weren't patriarchal and misogynistic too. Agreed. And I definitely have observed in those cultures in present day that that's a thing, but they're colonized too. Right. So. Agreed. I wasn't there. So I'm not gonna tell you so, wrong. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what. But you, I, I wasn't exactly there. What you're saying. I get exactly <laughs> what you're saying. Um, do y'all have any thoughts on? misogyny in this movie um i just think it's interesting it's like 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 what you said about the election it's like as far as white women who stand by the who stand by these horrible things it's like they do it because just for the opportunity like to be the oppressor it's like (laughs) the opportunity Mm -hmm. to like like it's they're being impressed the entire time and they're being marginalized and discriminated against but it's like that golden opportunity to do that to somebody else is why they like put up with this stuff and why they stick by these people. Mm. I, I still that was want to have a conversation when we're off mic, but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> she yeah. and the, the actress that played the wife, she she got her time to be a, to be racist, boy. Yeah, yeah, she did. I want to talk to Spike. Like, what is it like to dog? To, I know exactly like, what you're about to say. Like, Keep going, what bro. is that like to be an actor or to be a director? Right. Like, if I were an actor, I mean. And you say, okay, well, you need to be racist for the next 10 minutes. Yes. You'd be uncomfortable? Yeah. I, I think it would in, in some way. I mean, I think if I were at the caliber that I'm casted in a Spike Lee movie, I could be professional. Right. And, and you obviously know what you're getting into. Right. So, you know, but I think it would, in some form, it could bother me. So I you think. Know? And I think that that's okay. There know? was some campiness yeah. to her evil, though. So, yeah. like, she, and she, it was like almost, she was evil, but it was endearing. Like, it was weird. So like I had an appreciation for it. Mm-hmm. I would say that like um this level of evil, right? Cuz it's like I'm being eroded, but like I watch Rosewood and I'm like how the fuck mm-hmm. did they? Like yeah, you understand yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. this to me was like mild in comparison to that, but I see what you're saying. Like I don't know, and I don't know that I could do that like when people have to be in movies and have to be yeah. like rapey or like beat children like Right. Yeah. Or even how do you get in that place? 12 years a slave, you know, you're playing a slave owner and you're whipping someone. Yeah. You know, like I I think there'd be a part of me that's like 
guys, I need a minute here. I think, <laughs> you and, know, and, like, and you know what's yeah. crazy? Like, and this is where I'm going to look at it from. Like, I think, I think for Spike and for the black directors, I think it's fine. I think there's nothing there. Yeah. yeah. If I was a white actor, yeah, for a black director doing this. You know, if this is Tarantino, oh, fine, yeah, yeah, I'll drop the N word. <laughs> Fuck it, let's go, nigga, nigga, you know what I'm saying? Oh. No, no, no. But it's like, you know, I'm not having to look at the byproduct of that in the face. You know, you understand I what I'm saying? Even if you did it for a Tarantino film, you might still. I mean, there's. I think it Maybe. depends on what you it's, feel like the messaging is, and I think yeah. for a film like this. I look at those people performing that way to tell a story in service to like our truth being a hundred percent. So like, I don't know that it's hard for them. It's like you know what I'm gonna do this thing. So you are seeing yourself in me behaving yeah. this way. I'm your grandfather. I'm your uncle. It's like yeah. hello. I would, just, I would just love to have a very and I don't think uh, too many white actors would maybe have this publicly. I'd love to have just a candid talk. You know, tell me 100%. how does this like? Do really, what does it feel like? What does it feel like? Does it bother you? Right. Do, you know what? What type of energy and what type of space did you have to do to do your job? At the, at, at that what's, point, it's a job. Right. What's oh, interesting no. to me is yeah. like some of the most evil people in the Roots remake were European, and I'm like, you're so disconnected yeah. from that. Most likely, I mean, like not not white. I mean, they're from mm-hmm. Europe. from Europe. Yeah. So I, I'm like, I'm like, I do you. Like, do you feel any guilt? Do you feel any responsibility? Or is this just a role you're playing? Like, do you feel disconnected from this? Do you feel like you're not part of it? Yeah. I'm that. Those are the conversations I want to have. Yeah. I really, I, re- yeah. I found myself saying the same question, mm-hmm. Corey, because uh, like, and you know, I mean, I'm not a professional actor, so I don't know the schematics I of am. how. I was I... in an episode of FBI Files once. Oh lord! <laughs> did, did your character get killed? No, I'm doing praying them praying hand emojis right now. No, I, I totally was on screen boat for maybe driver 30 seconds. In a music okay. video. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know I've done my little shit here and there, but uh, but as a professional actor, it's like I, me right now. I feel like if I was in that role, once you said cut, I'd be doing everything possible to let people know, like yo. The, this is in service of the character, bro. This is not. This is not me for real. You know, yeah. especially yeah. if you're really good at it. You know, like. Like the dude who played Felix, you know, he's really good at it. You know I thought his saying? performance was great. It was great, yeah. man. Every honestly, everybody's performance is great, except for the main female. I I felt like she didn't really sell me when uh, the whole um the the girl who played Patrice, and she's a young girl too. I feel yeah, like she I was in Spider Man. Spider Man. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. She she I the I whole scene. I could not thank you. I could not think of where I had seen her, and I kept wanting to make her the the daughter. Because in Super in Spider Man, she looks like she's all of like fourteen. Yeah. She has on a wig, but I, and, I mean she has on a wig this time too. But yeah. I was I kept wanting to make her the girl from um the leftovers, and I was like, that's not her. They just have the same lips. Oh, <laughs> so right. It's like Zazie Beats and Tessa Thompson, like right. the poor man's version. <laughs> no, well, A- Angela Simmons and Tessa Thompson. Not, not, me. not Zazie Beats. Mm, Who is Tessa the girl Thompson. from? I, no, I'm wrong. It's not Zazie Beats. It's Tessa Thompson and the girl from Dope. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I, know. I know you're talking about. I don't know um, her name, but I would. Kira. Yeah, Ki- uh, Ki- whatever. Kiera. Something I don't know. Poor man, Tessa Thompson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know exactly who you mean. I and kept wanting to make them the same person until I knew their names. Right. No disrespect. I'm sorry. We don't know. No, your name. I love you too. Like I watch you yeah. on. She was in Flatliners, right? The, the remake of Flatliners. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Ke- Kelsey. Oh, we're not gonna do that. Kiersey. Oh, Kiersey. Clemens. Yeah, Kiersey Clemens. Ah! There you go. Great job. Good <laughs> job. It. Um. So well, you, you, I, I know uh, Topher Gray said it was like the worst month of his life, really? like because he had to really like do research and read like David Duke's book or whatever. Right. Read, it, see interviews, and kind of get into like his mind. I guess try to make portray him as a three dimensional character in a right. sense. He was like, it was horrible for him. Yeah. 
But I, I wonder though. if like there is like that <laughs> that one dude who like I want to go method the entire time. <laughs> it just so oh, he be, be off camera like nigga give me my. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> Yo, imagine Daniel Day, Day Lewis. Please <laughs> 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 don't let Daniel Day Yo. do racism. Yo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's gonna get killed. Yo, and then, and then at the rap party, you get, at the rap party, you gotta go up to everybody like, Yo, man, I ain't mean that. None of that. I'm sorry. I was just I was in the moment. Daniel Day Lewis like burning crosses outside your. Trailer, yeah, be like, yeah, or like, or or how obsessive yeah. um uh Jim Carrey was when he did, you know, oh, yeah. when he did Andy Kaufman, Andy Kaufman, man, yeah, he said that was real though. He said that Andy Kaufman was taking over his body. Yeah, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. If he played David Dukes and had the <laughs> yeah. same premonition, you know, Yo, I really have this mental picture of Daniel Day Lewis just like yeah. using the N word excessively. <laughs> And then, and you're in this position where it's like, yo, do I clothesline this motherfucker? Like, yeah. do I just acknowledge like, he's in character? Art, yeah. That's kind of how I feel. If I was the one black dude on Gangs in New York, I'd be like, yo, this dude just. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, yo. Like, What's yo. up with this dude? I'd be I, going up to Scorsese, like, yo, get your mans. You know, okay. <laughs> I, 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 think it's a, I think a good person to have yeah. that conversation with would be Samuel Jackson. Because yeah. he, he's in a lot of he's in a lot of those movies where people use. That throw they throw that n word around Tarantino like they juggling, movies. yeah, man. And it's like you know, how do you really feel, especially when the word service is no point to like yeah. the dialogue for real? You know what I'm saying? Like, like for instance, the uh, not the dead veer off storage. one. Uh, yes, from Pulp Fiction. You know, I got a dead nigger in my garage. I think it was meant to be ironic. How? So in. Bamboozled, bring it back to Spike. Okay. Michael Rappaport's character, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, I got a black wife and blah, 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 blah. I can say nigga. He's like, I prefer that. He's like, nigga, 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 nigga. Oh, because he had a black wife. And then she walked in. You're talking about Pulp Fiction. His wife is black. Yeah, I don't know if people notice that Bonnie's black. So I guess the difference is with Michael Rappaport, he's giving you a little bravado that's like, oh, Right, you part of you know at least know the culture. Like Jimmy's just a white guy. Yeah, he was and totally I, white, and he was com- he was comfortable. But I feel like he was comfortable because his wife's black. That he feels like he has access to the work. But that's my interpretation. But it, but comfortability but it didn't move the story forward at all. And comfortability, it was definitely to get a laugh. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it was it, meant to be ironic to get a laugh. And, I don't disagree. And white people that are comfortable with saying. Okay, there's a difference between being comfortable with saying nigger because you're a racist motherfucker and that's the environment that you used to be in. And, and then the difference between I'm comfortable around black people to say nigger. That's where you get nigger. Like the teacher in that. The hard <laughs> that, ER. You yeah. know, like, I, you know. Um, I said it with a GA, yeah, not a like, ER. Like nigger. You know, there's a different comfortability level for each one of those words. And he was comfortable with the, I'm, you know, I'm amongst my, you know, I'm amongst my tribe that says nigger freely. Jimmy was in this partic- in that particular instance, you know, because he was. Mike had it. an issue with that. Oh, of course, but then but then he was in Girl Six. Mm-hmm. That's weird to me. He was in Girl Six. Was that was that the same? Girl Six came out like '96. When did Paul Fiction come out? '94, '93. Are you sure? I'm almost willing to bet on right. it. Maybe Girl Six might have been '95, not '96, but. It, Pulp. I, Pulp Fiction came. Fuck Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction is 1994. Fuck Pulp Fiction. Let's just talk about uh, let's, uh, Reservoir Dogs. Definitely came out before Girl Six. Mm, 1996. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, so he was aware of, you know what I'm saying? Of Quentin. I mean, his name was QT in the fucking movie Girl mm-hmm. Six. So he knew, Spike knew that's of a that. That's, that's a, a question from for Spike. 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 We need Let to us know, tell bro. Tell us, like, 
We need to know when how do you, you feel have about paradigm Clinton. shift. Yeah, right. And you know what though? I think they know each other, right? They definitely know so each other. So that maybe there's things that are behind the curtain that we don't see. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it was meant to be ironic. I definitely found it funny, and it's—I mean, also like you're comfortable with him saying that you you like a bad motherfucker. Like we think that a person like Jules would not really fucking allow some shit like that. Exactly. Um, if he was not in a bind, he wouldn't have liked it. I I I, I get where it's problematic. No, it's, I definitely laugh. Extremely. But I, I was 13. I love Pulp Fiction. Um, it doesn't take away from how much I love the movie, but it's just it. it I mean, it does make me say. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, what was your no, but point? but now that my understanding of things and people is ever changing, then yeah. I mean, I I get why it's offensive. Though. I never didn't get why it's offensive. Right. It's like Chris Lilly being in blackface was fucking funny to me. Right. And I got why it was funny, but like I totally understand why that's problematic as fuck too. But I laughed. Shit was funny. Mm. So I don't know. Mm. Um, the use of name calling to dehumanize. You know, he had a problem with toads. I didn't realize toad was a was like a racial slur. I never knew that. I never knew that either. Um, and I, I, I still didn't confirm well. that. I just I yeah. assumed it from how they were saying it in the context they were saying mm-hmm. it. Um, but you know, to, you know, the white cops were using toads when talking about these black suspects when when um, Ron Stallworth was working the the files room. Um, but then you know, then we saw that that the opposite side of that when Patrice she kept on using pigs and he was like yo cops so obviously the messaging there to me was that this is how people dehumanize each other um for whatever reason is through these words uh through these names that I'm are curious he, he didn't like he didn't like being called a pig he didn't either. like being called a pig I don't I'm curious if that is that also a commentary on the way that uh, through the conversations about immigration, how uh, Latin people from Central America are, afford, are, are referred to as, or Mexican people specifically, are referred to as animals. Mm-hmm. They're animals. Or like when someone commits a crime, they're animals. And I, I, I think I interpreted that conversation for him, even though those people were criminals, they were not animals. He was like, there's only human beings here. Right. So I'm, I would love for him to be in this conversation. I know, man. <laughs> I know. He's probably yelling at, if he's listening, he's yelling at his radio. Oh, this is what the fuck I meant, you know, or whatever the case. He's going to email us again. <laughs> right. But, um, but, yeah, but, I, but I think that that's a real thing. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, jabs, gooks, whatever. You know, people use whatever vernacular they have to to get through a specific thing. Uh, one of my favorite documentaries, um, I was going to say Birth of a Nation. Wow. Uh, one of my favorite documentaries, uh, Bastards of the Party. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the you know Bone uh, Clay Sloan he spoke about that about like he feels like we need to stop calling each other by our nicknames you know like in gang culture they need to stop calling each other by their nicknames and acknowledge their birth given names and then they had this whole montage over um, Shed So Many Tears where they were showing people that got killed from gang violence and they showed like their nickname but then they showed their real name it's like it's, the party is amazing. it's an amazing documentary if you haven't seen it so to me it's it, it's kind of it treads along that same thing where it's like we use these we do these things to help us like you know get through Whatever, whatever part of the process we have to get through to not see you as a to person. not see you as a person, you know, um, how people get high, sniff cocaine before they do a drive by or something, you know, it's like they have, the, you know, they they need a substance, and the substance in this particular case is calling people outside of their name. It's a conduit, yeah. Um, um, so I just wanted to make reference to that. Um, 
I'm trying to. See, I'm looking through my outline here to see what we haven't covered. Uh, because we covered a lot here. And and all out of order. Sorry about that. It's I, all good. I am interested in see is you know after what when we saw him in Charlottesville, you know he played the, the, the small documentary about the police brutality. Yeah, can't, there. I can't breathe. I, I'm interested because you know his his stance previously you know has kind of been you know obviously some cops are doing some bad things but showing him being upset at being called a pig i mean obviously is he making a statement that obviously not all cops are racist not all cops are yeah, bad i, I don't know? think i don't think i don't think anything of spike's vernacular is fuck the police yeah, i don't, I don't, I don't think, think he think, feels that i don't yeah. think he feels that way mm-hmm. i think he i think he feels like that there are bad people yes and and cops stick together, yeah. you know. Like I, I don't think he hates police. I don't think that's any part of his narrative. And I think specifically that's what makes this, you know, movie a good conduit for his messaging specifically yeah. because it answers a lot of questions. I don't hate white people. I don't hate cops. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It answers a lot of things in one movie. Mm-hmm. I, 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 to your point though, the conversation between Patrice and Ron about how she was like, "You're a cop. I can't do this." was very like purposeful to like in my opinion also because it's like this is how you fight for the liberation of black people mm-hmm. this is how I'm fighting for the liberation right. of black people and it's that it's like the system was never made for you you can't change it from the inside well yes I can right um, I can get inside the system and try to change it so it's kind of like they are they are working towards the same goal but she was judging him for not doing it the way that she that thought she was the right way it, but he right. wasn't doing that back to her right from from the inside of the process he's experiencing racism from his peers right. and still wanting to work to change the system well, so that she could have so freedom, she could well, have freedom right. which is the way that, that I interact with cops right I'm I do, kind of like I know it's important what you do is important and your important. presence in those rooms is important because if you don't get into the room you can't get into a position of power to change things right there you go to piggyback on your point the dolly shot had both of them in the shot mm-hmm. how often does he do the dolly shot with more than one person mm. Good question. I, I, because nothing it, yeah, pops nothing in come, my head. Yeah, nothing because, I mean, that, that made me instantly think of that because they were both moving forward. They were both moving. They, obviously He's they done want, it in a movie where they're having a conversation. I just cannot fucking think of what it is. No, two people in the same shot? Yes. Okay. They're walking down the street. Yeah. Was, is, it in, yeah. is it in Jungle Fever? Yeah. No, I don't it, know. I know she probably. I have a mental picture and I've seen Wesley it. It's Wesley Snipes and him, I think. Walking I, I don't know if it's that one, but I. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, Miss Big Mouth. Like, yeah. Mm. But it's just interesting you My said that, that they were both moving towards, you know, in theory, the same goal and, and they're both on the ah, shot. I like it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm rolling because, with that. Oh, because mm. when the knock came at the door, they were both ready to. Yeah. She, yeah. she, she had the gun. He was ready. And it's like, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's a very good point, Corey. Go ahead, Corey. I try. Martin, you are you can are you you still still with us, Martin? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm still knocking here. on the microphone. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just making sure you're still engaged, bro. Because I I really value your opinion about a lot of these oh, things, but you. I don't want you to feel like you're getting smothered. No, if you no feel that no, way. Okay. Um. Um. The whole bit about Archie Bunker and make you know making it not cool to be a bigot. Um. Which is funny because I think that like. That was meant to poke fun at those people, and it worked for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I have no yeah, knowledge sure. of. I, I I get it, but I've never seen an episode. Oh, of Archie Bunker. That, that, that All stuff. in the Family was right. a good show, man. Yeah. I'm not even gonna lie, it was a good show, man. Um, that's funny. I, Take your advice, I just I just listened to. Was it Super Soul? I listened to Super Soul Conversations, right? The podcast, oh, the podcast Oprah. Oprah. Yeah, and I think she had an episode with Norman Lear, and it was really good. And I think he talked about that, about Ar- how Archie Bunker's character 
um, was was satirical. You know, some people didn't see it that way, and he got like a lot of like like he just got a lot of flack for creating that for bringing that character to screen. You know, but it was obviously supposed to be satirical, and then you know the whole Jefferson spinoff and it was meant to be ironic. Yeah, it was like you know that that was purposeful, and it's it's just it's just cool hearing it in this film how they kind of framed it as because of that character we have to mutate to being a certain type of thing like we can't be being a bigot ain't cool no more so we have to like be an undercut we have to be part of this invisible empire to to make the points using political you know uh foundation as like our agenda i think that that is very much a a subtle reference he Mm -hmm. said it right so I don't know if subtle is the right word, but it was like a less heavy-handed reference to how media influences our social climate and our social culture. Good point. Um, I think, obviously, with Birth of a Nation, it was very heavy-handed. I, that was one of my least favorite scenes because I just felt like they're over the their like reactions to watching the movie were like super over the top. Yo, I've never been in a clam meet. I never. That been might be what it looks either. like, bro. That might be what it looks Spike's like. I don't think Spike's been in one either. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Ron Stallworth has though. Yeah, and, and Flip Zimmerman. Yeah. Um, but I like that. I think that those were saying the same thing. Whereas one movie made it cool to be in the clan, you know. Yo, you know what? You know how I know you're wrong. How I know you're wrong. How you got? Well, how you have to be wrong. You went to? Did you go to the narrow when we watched Big Trouble in Little China? No. Yeah. Have you been to the narrow when you, there's like a cult movie that like everybody has Several seen? Several times. And don't people like yelling at the screen? I'm one while of those people. Out? There you go. It happens. I'm pretty so. I'm pretty sure by that empirical evidence, it's probably safe to say that may happen. And I th- it's, I it's, think, a, it's not impossible. I think it's more of like referencing like the people, I guess people who watched that movie when it came out, like way back in the early 1900s or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that's exactly their reaction. And probably I think he's like preserving their reaction and showing it through the clan. Right. Ah, okay. Yeah. I can see it. I agree mm-hmm. with both of you. Yeah. Like I, I mean, people do get rowdy when it's a social thing to see a movie right you know a cult kind of class and and in 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 a strange way it is a cult class that's very much a cult class it's it's like the bible to their existence Mm -hmm. you know um ironically i think it does have some there's something about it that was technically advanced for the time i'd have to look it up in terms of movies yeah Yeah, it's the first like feature film for feature film Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah. like ever yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and the clan is the hero that's crazy um, but I again, I think that its influence over fear of black people that has persisted right through those images. Because if you think about it, it's a nonsensical fear. Because at that time, like we were docile, right? And it was just kind of like they were the rapists, they were the murderers, but they convinced themselves that they needed to be scared of us. Right. Well, that's the whole thing about to me about racism and white supremacy, especially in, in, in terms of like, you know, the perception of black people mm-hmm. is that like, it's completely crazy. All the, thi- all the th- yeah. well, no, that's okay. That, that's the thing too. Like all Mexicans are here to bring drugs and rape and do all right. these things. It's and crazy. I'm like, that's what the fuck your ancestors did. Yeah. They stole and they raped. Shut up. It's very like, yeah, it's like, yo, like this, back to the Yellowstone thing. It's that's it makes it very self aware, you know. Um, all the things that oh, suburbicon, suburbicon, all the things that you are afraid of, someone or that you purport to like 
be fearful of in someone else's. You do it. You do it your so, fucking so self. It's kind of like the relationship when you constantly accusing somebody of cheating is because you're fucking cheating. You know what I'm saying? Like it's that type shit, man. And that's a real thing, I think, with this whole racism. Um, so real projection. quick, it's a hundred percent projection because you know you're capable. Well, what did you think about um, when? The wife got, you know, she got rescued by the police officer. Well, not rescued, but you know what I mean. And and she she instantly started screaming. He was trying to rape me. Permit Patty. That it was like, but it was like Patty. he wasn't trying to rape you. <laughs> like not, he wasn't. Did you watch Permit Patty? I I've seen the clip. I thought yeah, that was yeah. Barbecue Becky. The no, one that's who Barbecue was like, Becky. You're yeah. right. Mm. Permit Patty is the lady with the water. Um, mm. but yeah, yeah, Barbecue Becky. That was her. Like mm. she was literally standing there forever not minding her own business and she could have left at any time uh, and then she when the police showed up she oh my god yeah, ridiculous that's a mm-hmm. thing like white woman crying wolf mm. and and and, uh, and you know yeah. what's crazy is the whole what, that's what, rosewood too like right and that's emmett till emmett till i was just mm-hmm. about to say that that's what that came out that she fucking sensationalized the entire experience well they got this young man killed dude's story what did she tell dude. them happened because he said bye baby to her. What 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 did what did what did she tell them he did? I don't know. I guess that he didn't even say that. <laughs> like that he did he didn't even he didn't say even that? acknowledge her. I don't know. Like but that he you know. never even said anything to her. Yeah. I, well, let me let me wow. just be clear. I don't know. Like she so don't she recanted before she died. Right. But like I don't remember what she like specifically recanted. Right. Whatever it was, it was the reason he I died. thought it was. <laughs> you you know? mean what she originally said? Supposedly he was feeling he was flirting froggy, or and he was flirting, and he told yeah. her "bye, baby." That's what I see. Okay. That's yeah. what I. But thought he died because he said "bye, baby" to a white woman. Right. Well, there he goes. Um, but so the whole white supremacists in high positions, right? They moved him to intelligence. He gets this intel on the Ku Klux Klan, and then with that that scene where he's having that meeting with what seems to be some sort of a federal agent, and they explain to him. They explained to Stallworth that like there was two mysterious guys that were around when Flip Zimmerman was shooting with them, right? And the this federal, I'm assuming he was a federal agent. He comes back and says that these two mysterious guys actually worked for NORAD, and there were some explosives that went missing. Mm-hmm. I thought that was that open that opened an entire valve for me and I started thinking about it because they They're were supposed using... to be the ones to keep you safe that's what he said well not just that but like when you think about it like okay they were she used C4 mm-hmm. that's a sophisticated explosive device it had a it had a triggering system you know you got to turn the switch on so you can do it's, something it's from a synthetic. remote location like everyone doesn't have access right to but they didn't seem like the type of people to be that sophisticated absolutely not and where did where did um Totoro's character come from. So that's what that's what he, they were saying. Like his character. Well, th- this is kind of conflictual because I don't know if he was part of the. He wasn't one of those. Guys. One of those guys. Okay, so apparently he was in prison, right? Yeah, he's a bomb guy too. Apparently, like because he was teaching him how to use it. Right. So he must have had access. I don't know if he had access to it through those those. Mysterious guys that were NORAD because he didn't look. I mean, Nick, Nicky Turtles obviously Italian, right? Like, he, very brown Italian, yeah, even very, more than his brother, right? So, so I, I think is, yeah, so I, that's that's weird in itself to me because it's like you don't look white. You're in this clan meeting. I don't. know. You don't look Aryan. Let me say that. And you're in this clan meeting. Definitely got some more heritage. Yeah, that that's so that's a weird one. That he's, I guess we, he's very brown, and his brother John's hair is very nappy. Very nappy, for <laughs> real. So 
so my whole point of that was is that when we think about things like four little girls, mm-hmm. when we think about you know you know the uh, what is it called the 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 move uh, move tragedy yeah the move tragedy that happened how do those cops get the bombs right how do these people get access to these sophisticated explosive devices and it has to be I don't know if that was a commentary to that that there's there's people that are in the, you know uh, the NORAD clean, high, like, yeah. right NORAD's high security clearance. Level five type shit. You know These what I mean? people are everywhere. They're everywhere, dog. So um, I thought that that was just a good little tidbit that if you blinked, you would have missed it. But it, it said a lot and that little bit of verbiage. Um, that's all I got, man. That's all I got. This is a good place to end it. Yeah. So what do you think it ranks? <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. In, in terms of Spike's uh, filmography? Yeah, I would say so. So if we're kind of alluding back to which, if you haven't listened to the three-part series that we did on Spike Lee, um, I suggest you go back and do that. Uh, so we kind of we kind of split it up into four quadrants, which was, you know, the messaging, you know, for for the black community, um, the studio films, the documentaries, and then the just kind of like the miscellaneous. Mm-hmm. I think I would put this into. Social commentary was that social? Yeah, social commentary, but more so in the studio film. I I agree. Just because it was, it, it had that feel. It, it had it, that it, feel. It felt more like Inside Man, Miracle Saint Anna. Right, and the message was more universal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think when when we talk about up against, so I'm going to rank it there because his filmography is way too illustrious for me to kind of yeah. put it in a and full broad, ranking. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to put it into the studio films with the Miracle of Saint Anna. Um, Inside, Inside Man. Man and this. Um, I want to see more studio films from him. Yeah. yeah. I, and too. I hope that this one does very well. I think it's, I would put... It, from when I read it, it seemed like it was poised to do very well. It had yeah, a good opening. I think it will. It, it I think it, it did like opening. 11 million first weekend, which isn't crazy, but it's decent. Um, I, that, that's a good question because I, to me, out of those films, the messaging was the best. But entertainment-wise, Inside Man was the better of those films, and Miracle at Santa Ana was right after. So this would be third if we're talking it's about third those in the studio pictures and the in the studio pictures. But in terms of like the machine of his entire uh, filmography, it ranks fairly high to me, like it's high like to upper medium. quadrant, yeah, upper of, quadrant. of like my yeah, would, what things that I've agree. enjoyed from him. Yeah, very much. How I just about, felt like it, it was concise. It was a very concise film. It felt like things were done purposeful yeah. and and thought well thought out. I mean obviously I have, there's a couple of things that I I felt were a little forced, but for mm-hmm. the most part I felt like everything was cohesive and went together, which right. I appreciate. I appreciate a cohesive story right. and a cohesive well thought out message delivery. Yeah. So. Well, all in all I guess, I guess I like really appreciate the film. I appreciate any like I really like this niche genre of filmmaking which is like black exploitation but it's like Black exploitation updated to like now, or like right. commenting on black exploitation, like I'm gonna get you, sucker, undercover brother, black dynamite, those type of things. Black like, dynamite. this isn't this, yeah. it's a period piece, but it's clearly like inspired a lot of scenes and a lot of stuff by black exploitation, right? So, I always love when those movies get made. So, I definitely like appreciated this one. And even though I was kind of critical, like, I wasn't, I overall, I really, really liked the movie, and I'm glad to see Spike like taking on stuff that like just 
just people throwing the alley oop for him or whatever, rather right. than him trying to like go in on five people and dunk it or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, is yeah, like I feel you. somebody just passing it off and he get to do his thing. I think I, I really like seeing Spike do that. I wish he would do it more. I agree. So the budget for this movie was only fifteen million, and so so far it's grossed twelve. Okay. So yeah, make it back. yeah, it's good. Um, it's in good shape. It'll it'll double it at least. I, I, I I'm surprised if budget's that low, but I mean, I think like that's a testament to people like really wanting to work with Jordan and Spike. Right. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, we forget we forget about 25th Hour too. That's also in mm-hmm. that studio regiment to me. Is it a studio? Film? Is that a studio picture? Oh, uh, maybe not. I, I, I don't know. There. I don't know. I know. I know Tobey Maguire, who I don't I don't really care for as an actor too much. I think he I think he I think he put what he made in Spider Man straight into that film. I think he was a huge financier into that film. Uh twenty fifth hour? In the twenty fifth hour, absolutely. Uh yeah. I can tell you. Yeah. Well, it was um Produced better by than Sweet Blood of Jesus. Or the, Toby vamp- Maguire. The, the vampire movie. I actually like <laughs> You like that movie? I actually I, I went and watched it and I actually liked the Sweet Blood. That was, that was a tough it one. It was entertaining. I didn't even find Considering it how much it costs, yeah. I'm not mad at it. It was yeah. beautifully shot. It was shot well. And I downloaded some well. of the music on the on the soundtrack because uh, I liked it. Gotcha. I'm okay. just. I, oh, go ahead. What do you think of like Black Klansmen and like okay, there's so many like black films that come out, and it seems like there's like just this year there's like a wave of films dealing with similar subject matter as far as like black people's relationship to the police. Like you have black Klansmen, you have blind spotting. The hate you give is about to come out. And I think there's another movie with John David Washington and the dude from Hamilton. Who okay. was like yeah. that, like John David Washington is a cop who sees like a cop killing or he, he's aware of a cop killing, but he's still trying to do this whole blue wall of silence thing. Yeah, there's so, another one too about like a white guy and a black guy that experience like America differently. Oh yeah, I can't think of the, the name of it. I, it's not to be funny, but the hate you give, I hate that trailer. I it actually don't terrible. like it. At that all. trailer, it's like you're taking black, you're taking police brutality and making it like a YA because it is a YA novel. So I'm like, it I just, don't know how the, that's gonna turn the out. The way it was is narrated, it sounds like an MTV MTV films. Yeah, like, yeah. And, and even the title, I'm like, come on, they man, just play that. on Tupac's definition of thug. Like, yeah. it's like. I like to see that actor get work to so and so academy. Even if if he's only in the first five minutes of movie, I like to see that actor get work because he was really good in Detroit. Oh, you uh, what's his name? Um, Because he was yeah, he was in Detroit. He was in The Shy also. Um, Jacob Lattimore. Not not Jacob Lattimore. The other guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His name is Algie. Yeah, well, at least I know the trailer lets me know his entire story. Yeah, his entire story. So his name is. Yeah, my bad. I, I I don't know why I just got confused with Jacob Lattimore. Um, all right, guys. Because well, they were both in Detroit. In Detroit, yeah, that's exactly why. <laughs> so his last name is Smith. So what do you think of like this new wave? Because oh, I, I think <laughs> I, I think the uh, the my bad. The criticism is that there's like this invisible executive. Like, okay, black people have told us slavery is not popping no more. Let's do police brutality. And of course, like Blind Spot, and they kind of started writing that like right after Oscar Grant died. But it's like that all these movies are being greenlit about this certain subject matter. Do you think it's more of like people are writing about what they see, or uh, somebody is trying to cash in on like this wave of terrible things that's happening in the I, black community? Yeah, I think I think there's Maybe a little bit both. of both. Yeah, I think. Mm, sorry, I mean I mean the yawn like that. Um, I I. I <laughs> I think that it's both for sure. 
you know, I I think we're seeing more stories about it because it's more of a thing that people, you know, just like when we're at war, you know, actively at war, there's a lot more military movies and shit like that that become like these big, you know, join the military commercials um, for, you know, it's like follow yeah. the money, man. It's going back to Eric Lau, man. Uh, and I got to shout out my man, Eric Lau, because all of this stuff that we're talking about, we literally had this conversation like fucking Saturday. And um, he said something very important to me. It's something that it's like a theory that I knew, you know, being an economics major in college. But um, I just sometimes I don't think to apply it to everything. And he said, man, sometimes, you know, he was like, you know, military funds a lot of films. There's, a, you know, funding from films comes from a lot of abstract places. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just got to follow the money. You know, who's putting the money behind this? Yeah, and what are they re- And who are they, what are they really trying to say? What are they trying yeah. to sell you? Yeah. I think to, um, I think it's a disservice to say we don't want to watch slave films anymore. We don't want to watch suffering. I don't want that to be forgotten. I don't, because it, it definitely, uh, contrary to what people will tell you, does influence people's circumstances today. Mm-hmm. Um, and why you find people in certain situations, you can trace it back in their lineage a lot of times. Um, but I think that people make movies about things that they want to bring awareness to, period. And so we talked about how it's very meta that within a movie, the art mm-hmm. is what influences people's behavior, right? With mm-hmm. the Archie Bunker and the, the birth of a nation thing. So, you know, bringing awareness to this to this thing, right, that Spike's doing. And then with, like, police brutality. Well, if you are watching Fox News somewhere, you're getting that side of the story, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you if you make art around it, it gives people another medium to consume it that's maybe more palatable, maybe not. So I think it's important to continue to tell the stories if you want people to continue to see the images, to know that, I mean, especially in this case, for him to make it very real for you in the end. Mm. So the same thing can happen with, Police brutality stories. Yeah. Is there a Rodney King movie? I'm sure it's coming. There's a, there's a there you know the one man show that uh Roger Guinevere Smith did. Mm-hmm. He's kinda, so talented. Yeah, he's dope. Shout out to Spike for him too. Yeah. Well, he did a one man show about Rodney King. Yeah, it was a Netflix thing. So how did he how did he's he do the how did he do the beat up scene like with one person? Um, like Edward you Gordon in Fight Club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like he, he just took, like it's like he used the microphone. I think he like hit up against himself. Like oh yeah, it like yeah. You it's very good. I mean, if if you saw the Huey P. Newton story, he yeah, did that. that you know, he was okay. amazing in that. Yeah, that was amazing. And um, yeah, you should watch it. The, okay, the, the one yeah. man. It's probably about. I think it's about an hour long. It's not like a full length feature, uh, but it's really good, really concise, and I really like those one man shows. You know, okay, so yeah. shout out to Spike for that. Hmm. For Mike, for for John Leguizamo. Yep. Shout out to the one man show. Yeah, the one man show is a real thing. Um. Uh oh, real quick too, man. With these Easter eggs, man, I'm I'm starting to really pick up a lot more of his of Spike Lee's vernacular. So like, you slow, you blow. That's something he says a lot. Like, well, at least on social media, and I, you know, I heard it in this film. And then this is something that he said at the um, the, you know, Corey and Martin, uh, when me you. When all of us and then Jesse went up to um, the film festival thing, he made a comment about something that he says, I guess, on his sets. Uh, He said, you know, now he kind of says something like, um, there's going to be no no sabotage, no subterfuge, and no skullduggery. Like, he... uh, 
I forget in the context of how he was saying it, but I remember it was those three those three things: no sabotage, no subterfuge, no skullduggery. And that's kind of that's kind of like the he was saying that like that's the equivalent of like when people like pray before they go out on stage. They pray as a group. You know what I'm saying? That's like the mantra that he says amongst his sets. Like, yo, there's gonna be no skullduggery, no subterfuge, and no sabotage. Like that's how we're gonna get through this shoot. No bullshit. You know, and and I think he meant that in terms of like no outside distractions or outside forces are going to affect our work Those today. Those words all mean the same thing. It's interesting, mm-hmm. right? And but you know, he like I heard it, and she's got to have it. Montage, yeah, uh, mantra. Excuse me. And 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 it came out here as well. Like um, you know, it came out when um when the the chief told him that they basically had to close the book on this entire operation. Um, the cop that I for the longest time thought was Steve Buscemi. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've seen him before too, but I can't think of where. When he was walking out, he was like, "This is skullduggery. This is sub- uh, sabotage. Skullduggery." You know, he said mm-hmm. it when he was walking out. Um, so it's just interesting that you know his vernacular and these common words that he uses. He kind of la- he kind of lays them in his scripts as well. And if you you know he's he's built his brand now to where it's like the person that you see online. To the to the director, like it's it's all it all correlates, you know, to, through his art, through his personal, you know, um, his personal brand. Like it it, it all walks in Steve one direction. His brother, it is. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Yo, dog. He like his whole mannerism. I was like, dog, this, Steve Buscemi. He and sounded his last like name is Buscemi. I'm assuming it's his brother, but um, yeah, it can't be too many of those Michael walking around. Buscemi. But um, so anyway, man, this the end of it. I'm not gonna give a big old. Uh, exit announcement uh thank you for listening to this entire episode uh because it was a lot to take in and i hope that we showed you something that you maybe didn't see in the film and uh if you haven't seen it make sure you go see it so and uh follow us on our social medias uh kind of movie critics on facebook and on instagram and kind of movie crits k uh c-r-i-t-s on uh twitter so that's it And remember, we call ourselves kind of movie critics because we kind of are and we're kind of not. We're just a bunch of people that like to watch movies. This has been an On Ear Network production.